Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. The Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Got another special guest on the show. This is the third or third one today. And I'm just in a podcasting publishing mode right now. And I'm excited about this. This is a guy who does lease option deals. And what's crazy is he's doing these lease option deals with pre-foreclosures. And we're going to be asking him some questions about how do you do lease option deals with pre-foreclosure deals. Because I've always told people in the past, like, don't do pre-foreclosures, just make a cash offer or try to do a short sale or refer it to somebody who does a short sale. But France here is more creative and open-minded than I am. And he knows how to turn these things into to deals. So uh, this podcast is brought to you by my book. I talk about my book all the time. How can I not, right? This is the best book ever written next to the Bible. Just kidding. That's really, I'm just really, really kidding. That's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> this is a really good book. It's called Wholesaling Lease Options. It's how I quit my job. Just flipping lease options. And I'm doing this podcast in this series about lease options because I believe they're the easiest and fastest ways, one of the easiest and fastest ways, if not the, to do deals, quit your job, and make a full-time income doing making money in real estate right now. You can get this book for free at wlobook.com, wlobook.com. Just pay shipping and handling. I'll send it out to you. And it's all killer, no filler. It's really, really good content in here that you're going to get a lot of value of. And it's just, you know, if it's just a tool in your tool belt, now you know something, now you have something that you can do with these leads that you would normally throw away. You can turn them around into lease options. We're going to be talking about that today on this show with our very special guest. I'm going to bring him on right now, Franz Calderon. How are you, sir? Very good, very good, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm glad you're here. Um, a few weeks ago, I put out a post on social media. Hey, I'm looking for people that I can interview on my podcast who are doing lease option deals. And Franz said, hello, I am. And I, I keep on wanting to say Franz, but it's France. Is that right? Yes, correct. Oh, good, good. France Calderon, you're in Charleston, South Carolina, beautiful part of the country. Is that right? Yes, that's beautiful. I love to be living here. It's, it's beautiful. It's the San Diego of the East Coast. Is that a fair thing to say? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, you're from Colombia originally, right? Correct. Nice. By the way, let me say this, and I'm, uh, let me say this with all sensitivity. To all of the immigrants out there, welcome to the United States. I'm glad you're here, guys. Really, I am. And, uh, I just wanted to say that because the political climate right now is just getting ridiculous. Well, we're all immigrants to this country. Did you know that? Absolutely. We, I know that. We all are. And these, and these people that are freaking out about it, forget that you're not from here either. So everybody needs to take a deep breath and relax and chill. And uh, so anyway, that's my political comment for the day. <laughs> okay. So Franz, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. How are you? Very good, very good. You know, Joe, um, I followed you a long time ago. I think you're doing a great job with the wholesaling and being a, uh, one of the most proactive coaches right now in the real estate. So it's, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about your story. Um, How did you get started in real estate? What were you doing before that? Okay, so um, actually I started in real estate because on... 2003, I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. And that changed my mind 100% uh, financially. And in 2003, actually, I was a police officer in Colombia. Really? Uh, in those days, it was really very dangerous to be uh, in oh, that man. profession. Did you, um, have you seen the show on Netflix, uh, Narcos? Yeah, absolutely. I know all of what those. Did, what and did you I think of the show? You know, when I read the book, I was in one of those cities where we have a lot of narcos. So really, I, yeah, I was doing a mission in the helicopters wow, when, when actually, yeah, we were working uh, during the. Actually, that was a mission that to get some of the narcos and one of the Black Hawks. They have an accident, so they they need to take us right away to the city. 
So we had to prepare everything on, on our base. I was from Bogota and we had to fly over there and uh, try to fix the Black Hawk. So we stay about a week over there working in that one while we have many, uh, the army, Navy wow. and the police surrounding the areas to protect the, the Black Hawk. Really? So after we finish the mission, uh, we have like, I have like one day off and I, and I asked one of my friends, he, he has a book to, to read and he said, hey, yeah, friend, may, maybe you like this one. And he gave me the rich dad, put that. And in that really? weekend, I, I read the entire book. Was it in English or in Spanish? In Spanish. That was wow. in Spanish. Very cool. Yeah. So and, and that's the, amazing. There's so many people that um, have been impacted by that book. And it's so cool to hear people from other countries also, even Colombia, uh, we're, we're reading these books in Spanish and having an impact. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and cool. uh, when I read it, you know, uh, that was funny because uh, Robert Kiyosaki asked a question. He said, you know, stop right now and see what is the assets that you have. Make a list of your assets. Uh, but don't, don't, don't read anymore. So I start to write my, my assets, yeah. right? So uh, after I finish, I continue reading and say, he say, okay, if, if in your list of assets, you put your clothes, your bed, your radio, all of that, that's, those are no assets. <laughs> and that's everything that I have. I don't have, I have zero assets when I read that book. And I was like, what? Wow. wow. <laughs> And I was so passionate about the, the topic about financial freedom. Yeah. And that, that, that since that day had, had been that being my mind and my heart. Yeah. And that's my passion, financial freedom, helping people wow. to, uh, to escape the rat race and achieve financial freedom. I wish I could say rat race like that. Say that again. Es the rat race. Oh, no, you got to say it the way you said it before. I always say uh, helping people to escape the rat race and achieve uh, financial freedom. I love how you can roll your R's like that. That is so cool. <laughs> I wish I could do that. All right. So when did you start investing in real estate here in the United States? Okay. In the United States was about um, 2009 that I purchased my, my first home right here in 2009. And were you in Charleston? Yeah, actually, I was here in Charleston. Okay, cool. And um, what did you do? Were you, did you go out and get a bank loan and buy it, or did you buy it creatively? Yeah, I know I was trying to get some coaching programs for real estate, but, but it was a little hard because I was in my process to, to learning how, uh, how to understand English correctly. And, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of money in a coaching program where I'm not gonna go, going to understand everything that I need to understand in order to do business. So I was reading and listening, but mo mo most reading. In one of those, I remember I started looking for properties and I was looking on Craigslist in 2009. Yeah. When I found a property and, you know, that was kind of scary because the price was so good to be true. And I started to the negotiate with the seller. Yeah. In those days, I don't know. I, I know very few about real estate, so okay. uh, I was start to negotiate with that one. At the end, we put it under contract, and it took me about forty days to to close the property. The funny part was that every time I went to the property, the house was in better condition. So I was like, "That's kind of weird." Like he's trying to sell me the property, but somebody's working in these properties. Really? So okay. I was saying like maybe that that's a scam or something, but still we, we keep the process. And I was asking, I, I keep asking him because he was out of the state. They they wasn't local, so I yeah, keep okay. asking him. They say I don't have any idea. You know that's kind of weird, but you know like one week before we close, finally I found the the GC who was working in the house. Okay. So I start to ask him, hey, what are you doing here? You're not purchasing this home. And he was like, kind of, he don't want to give me any information here. But oh, yeah. I said, look, I have a contract. I'm purchasing this home. I want to know what you're doing here. At the end, he said, you know, uh, the insurance company hired me to fix the home. Really? Okay. But the seller, he didn't know that was really? the insurance company was, was doing that. 
Okay. So when we closed the property, the house, everything inside was 100% renovated. Wow. Even new appliances, new cabinets, everything was, was new. What, right so this was 2009? 2009. Okay, cool. Uh, so what did you do with the deal? So actually, with that property, I keep it as a rental uh, for two years. Then I, you know, I, have a, I knew that I have a lot of equity in the property. So I already in that time, I, I know more about real estate so, and taxes. So I said, you know, I, um, I don't want to pay taxes for all of that equity. So I moved to the property, have it around my primary resident for two years. And then um, after the two years, we put it in the market and we sold it. Good. Wow. All right. So then what happened after that? You know, did that was a good deal? Did you? So uh, actually, actually, before a little, oh yeah, no, that was great because the equity in the property was more than $140,000 in my oh, first deal. Wow. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> yeah, that, that was good so fun. Good for you. Yeah. That was, okay. was was a huge equity. So actually, before I sell the property, when I when I was living right there, I decided to to do a HELOC, like a HELOC, yeah. a, a home equity loan, home equity loan. You know, so because the house was free and clear, so I have the, the entire equity right there, and I, I get about one hundred fifty thousand dollars right in my bank. So wow. I start to purchase properties. Good. Okay. I Good. and I bought like one multifamily and like uh, like two or three single family homes, and that was my huge step because right there I start to see and get in, involved more with the real estate. Okay. So did you say that was a big mistake? No, no, no. Step? Okay. Okay. No, big big step. Yeah. A big step. Okay. Good. And then uh, when did you start like? looking at doing creative deals like lease options or owner financing subject to things like that. Okay. So, you know, uh, I, I keep investing in my education, getting some real estate education, some coaching programs. So I start to learn more about the creative uh, real estate investing. So I learn how to do wholesaling, how to do flips, how to do uh, lease auctions yeah. uh, or subject to's. And, you know, I start to see that there is a very good opportunity here uh, with those. Mm -hmm. And and as they, the, the deal were coming, I start to, to practice in those techniques. And, and you know, every day they, they get easier and easier. Yeah. To, to get. So who are, who are some of the people that you're learning this from? Uh, one of them is the Rich Dad Poor Dad, the, the Rich Dad Education. Mm-hmm. And the other one is the fortune builders. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. That I the, the main one where, where I learned the big education, you know, but they, they yeah. teach you the fundamentals and the big picture. But after that, you need to go deeper to learn actually the techniques to implement yeah. the. Would, would you say the best way to learn is by actually doing it? Absolutely. A hundred percent. No, yeah, I am, I am that, you know, I am all practice. I, I, I love, like, like you were saying before, you know, massive imperfect action. I that, that is my type of personality. I am like the ones that jump on it, and yeah. then I see if, <laughs> if yeah. I have a, a parachute right there in the back. That's so important. That's like experience is the best teacher, far Correct. none. That's the most important thing I want to just encourage everybody to think about is like, yeah. You got, you learn it, but you learn by doing it. You learn by making mistakes. All right. So you started, you get, you're investing in your education, Franz, and you are learning about creative deals. Talk about some of the, what are you doing these days? Like what, what does your business look like today? Okay. My business is actually, uh, okay. Let me, let me tell you a little more about me. So when I came to, to Charleston, I came to work at, at Boeing, okay. the company building the airplanes. Yeah. And I spent 10 years working over there, you know, a very good paid job. And all my life uh, from my parents and family, I get the employee mindset. But yeah. after reading the Rich Dad Poor Dad, always have the battle in my mind between the employee and the entrepreneur. Yeah. 
So that was a huge battle right there until, but I, I was keep doing and de- doing more real estate business okay. until my passive income was pretty much the same as my, really, as my, the money that I was making at my job. So, uh, you know, two, two years ago, I decided to, to quit my job and go Excellent. all in to the real estate. Very good. Good for you. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm very happy about that because yeah. Living the, the financial freedom, you know? Nice. Yeah. That was two years ago. Did, uh, were you doing, what kind of deals were you doing to get to that point? I was doing the buying, fix, and, and hold at okay. that time. I was doing buy, buy fix, fix, and hold. Yeah, buy, fix, and hold. Okay. And, and regular rental. But now, you know, after I quit my job, I have more time, uh, energy to the business. So I have been doing more flips. Right now, my business is like 60% is flips. Then we do wholesaling and we keep property for our portfolio as well. I keep always nice. growing the portfolio. Nice. Um, okay. So what have you, I want to get to so the really quick here. I want to get to the, this deal you recently did was a pre-foreclosure and you, you did a lease option on it. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll be cool. We'll talk about that. But uh, what are some of your favorite ways today to find deals? How are you marketing and finding motivated sellers? Okay. One of the best ones that, that I'm using on Focus is a uh, cold calling. Oh, cool. That's where we spend more, more time cold calling. That's the main strategy. But actually another big one that, that we are using right now, and that is one of the... I think skills that, that I discovered from myself is networking. Yeah. Actually, uh, and, and uh, one day I listened to a podcast, somebody was talking about that networking is a strategy. And I said, you know what? It's good. And, and, I, and I was doing very well with people, connecting with people that, you know, now I'm, I'm getting more deals mm. because the people trust on me and they know what they're doing. And they prefer to doing it with me than with some other investors because they trust on me. So I yeah. said, you know, this is a huge strategy. And actually, a month ago, a huge opportunity knocked to my door. Really? And yeah, right now I'm the new president of the Charleston Real Estate Investor oh, Association. Very good. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. So that, <laughs> that's great. I, I love that because now you're you're seen as one of the leaders in that community. Correct. And, and you get a lot of people that bring you deals. Right? Exactly. Oh, exactly. We, we just did la- last Thursday, we did our first official meeting. Okay. Uh, we have a great uh, audience, 50 people for our nice. first meeting. And we have people that they were millionaires, people that they are in the business and people that are, they are just want to learn. So we have nice. the entire mix right there. People were very happy. We have uh, 50% of the audience uh, registered for the membership. So that was fantastic. And, you know, uh, we have the heart and the mission to really bring value and help people. We are not there. So that's part of my mission right there. I'm doing that as as a passion more than than a business. I know it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of business coming in from there, but, but that is my passion helping people right there. I love that. That's yeah. so cool. And, um, I, I tell people often too. listen, if you can't join a RIA, start one, right? Because there's so much opportunity there. I even started a little networking group for just local wholesalers who are active in the business. And I ran yeah. it for a couple of years and it was amazing. The amount of deals that we did with each other, yeah. you know, uh, we, we didn't look at each other as competition. We looked at each other as potential partners on deals. There were guys lending money on deals to other guys. There were guys that had sellers with houses that didn't have buyers. Other guys had the buyers. So there's a lot of co-wholesaling between each other with the deals. Um, so uh, I'd encourage you all listening to this. Don't look at other investors as your competition. Look at them as potential partners. They've got deals that you have buyers for. You've got buyers they have sellers for. And there's a lot of opportunity there. Uh, how can people find your group if they're in that area, friends? Yeah, they can go to the charlestonria.com. Charlestonria.com, R-E-I-A, right? Yeah, R-E-I-A. Or they can go as well on Facebook. We are at the, the charlestonria.com. 
Uh, we're in the meetup, and very soon we're going to be in the bigger pockets as well. Nice. Yeah. Hey, let's talk sometime. Maybe I can come out there and speak. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I would love that you come here, you know? Yeah. Uh, any excuse I can get to go to Charleston would be cool. <laughs> yeah, anytime. I've got some good yeah. friends that live out there. And actually, I, I like what you were saying because uh, from my, one of my coaches, the Easton Crawl, I learned about the abundance mindset. Abundance mindset. Correct. Oh, I and and I, I read a book called The Go-Giver. Yeah, that changed book. my mind about that. You know, be, before before that, I had the mind, the poor mindset and the scarcity mindset that, that I would look in people as my competition. But, you know, in real estate, I learned that there is no competition, it's collaboration. Yeah. And it's for that reason, I think is that one of my superpowers is the networking because I see everybody is how I can help you so you can get a deal, how I can help you so you can learn more about real estate. That's how so I can help you to go to the get closer to your financial freedom. And helping people, more deals came to me. Yeah. Or, or you know, from that pe person or from another one, by having the correct mindset and the correct yeah. intentions is what will help you to, to connect with the people, right? So, yeah, yeah I'm, be I'm, very happy, I'm very happy with the opportunity, having that mindset and, and giving, giving to the people, you know, giving the, the knowledge and experience yeah. that the that I have. Nice. That's so important. You know, there's um, there's a group, I think it's in Nashville, called Deals, Deals, Deals. That's the name of the group. The real. <laughs> deals, Deals, Deals. And I love that, right? Because there, there's so many deals out there. If you think you've got a corner on the market, if you think like you have all the secrets and you don't want to, there are no secrets out there. You don't yeah. have a corner on the market, right? Yeah. I, I agree with you, and, and you know you you are one of those coaches that that you give all your information. You are always giving for the people, for your audience. You're giving everything, and I think the same. You know, right now with the uh, technology age that we're living, you can find anything, everything on YouTube, podcast, yeah. everywhere. You know, everything is right there for free. You know, actually 100%. yesterday I was meet with one of the wholesalers that he's a very good guy, very, he's rocking it right now, crushing it. And I was talking with him and he was telling me that, that he haven't had any formal education from another coach or anything. Everything has been free from YouTube or podcast. And I was like, wow, man, but he's doing it very good. He, he's crushing it. It reminds uh, me of a, I had a student one time who um, was a college student in Columbia, Missouri. I think it was Columbia or Rolla. And uh, he didn't have the money to buy a course, right? But he listened to a bunch of podcasts, YouTube videos. And uh, he heard me talk about doing uh, bandit signs and Craigslist ads or something. So he put some bandit signs out and got a seller that called him. And he didn't have any contracts. So you went to the local office supply store like Staples or Office Depot or whatever it is. And, you know, they have those generic contracts that you yeah. can buy there to lease, to buy a car, to buy a house for sale by owner. And he got one of those contracts and uh, just used the standard boilerplate contract from Staples, <laughs> right? And, and then he got it under contract. The seller said, okay, great. And he didn't have any buyers. Like he didn't have, he couldn't do a bunch of buyer marketing or whatnot. So he put the house on Craigslist, sold it. This broke kid in college, right? Who's working really hard in school makes, uh, I think he made like 20 something thousand dollars on this deal. It's just insane from a boilerplate, boilerplate contract. So I love hearing stories like that. You're absolutely right. Um, okay. So let's talk about lease options. Okay. Lease let's talk options. about these uh, creative deals, friends. You told me recently you found a deal, a seller that was in pre-foreclosure. They were facing foreclosure. Can you talk about this deal here? Absolutely. So actually, this is pretty much uh, connecting with what we were talking. This deal came to me because one wholesaler get this property or talk to this seller. She, she was a, a single mom. She was losing her home. She had just few days before go to, to the auction. She didn't know what to do. She was kind of sick as well. So she was very desperate about the situation. Uh, for those that they don't know what is facing a foreclosure, 
is that you are going to ruin your credit for at least seven years. You're going to know you're able to buy a house, a car, even have a good rental because some people uh, do a background check and you have a foreclosure. They're not going to rent you a good place to you. So that is horrible. You know, is for seven years or more, you're going to have uh, that tag. So you're yeah. not going to be able yeah. to, to do something. So I think that is the, the correct intention when I approach to um, somebody that is facing the, the pre-foreclosure. So this wholesaler, he went there a few days. He didn't know what to do. And actually, the, the deal doesn't work for a regular real estate investor. The number doesn't work. So he he called another another wholesaler. Can, can you run through the numbers a little bit? What was the house worth? The house worth about, I would say, 210. 210. Yeah, 210, 220. And uh, how, many, how many months was she behind on her payments? Oh, I don't remember exactly, but a lot of months. I think more than eight or nine. Okay. No, I, so, I think more. I think it was close to a year. Wow. So how much were how much did you need to put to reinstate the loan? Exactly. The reinstatement was about twenty thousand. Twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand. Reinstate the loan. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, correct. Good. All right. Exactly. And uh, was there any equity in the house? Uh, yes. Yeah. Was a little the house needs repairs, needs an update, but still was a little equity. And for that reason, I said the the, um, the deal doesn't work for the regular investor with the if you do the 0.7 formula minus repairs, is the numbers are off. Sure. But, but what you say, when you know a creative techniques like lease auction, yeah, yeah. you open more opportunities. So so the first wholesaler called the sec- uh, another guy, another wholesaler, to see what they can do right there. Yeah. The second wholesaler, he don't have any, he, he don't know what to do in this situation, but he knows me. And he knows that, that usually I can have some ideas how we can help people. So he called me, hey, friend, I have this situation. We have like two days to go to foreclosure. Uh, this lady is anything that we can do. He sent me the address. I start to look at it and let's, let's say, let me see if I can do something. The good thing is about the power of creating a business, creating a follow-up and getting the trust with people because... The beauty of this is that a um, few weeks ago, I have a buyer that wants to buy a property from me, but another buyer got it first. So mm-hmm. he has the money and he was ready to buy. But, and I say, well, as soon as I have a property, I'm going to let you know. So yeah. the same day that I went to see the property, that, that was the same day, I called my buyer that I have. Hey, do you want to meet me right there? We see the property together. So was he a was he a cash buyer or no, he, a retail he, buyer? He's a retail buyer, final buyer. Okay, and is he? Can he get a mortgage, or does he need a? He, he, he cannot a, get a mortgage. Okay. He, he yeah, that's that's a good question. He he cannot get a mortgage, but I knew he has a good money to put as a down payment. Nice. How much? Uh, so can you tell a little bit about him real quick? Because this is important for people to understand. Absolutely. There's a lot of good people with bad credit. And uh, so just because you have bad credit doesn't mean you're a bad person. And thank God, <laughs> because when the market crashed, I lost everything. My credit yeah. went to the crapper. So talk about who, who was this buyer and why was his credit not where it needed to be? Exactly. Look, I knew, I knew this guy uh, already for a couple of years because he, he had been trying to buy a, a house from me for several times time ago, but I knew he's a, he's a, a painter. He has a company and he has a nice family married with kids. Very good guy, you know, trying to make it up, but he doesn't have credit. Mm. So he's he, self-employed. Yeah. Self-employed. And so he, 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 no way that he can go to get a mortgage right there. So for, for us be able to help a family to buy a nice home in a nice neighborhood, is fantastic and, and it's great because they are not able to buy a home, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of guys like that, right? Co- it's an, and, and yeah, correct. Many. People under people need to understand this too because they think, well, why would I want to rent my house out to somebody who can't get a mortgage? Well, 
for a lot of reasons. Somebody who's self-employed like that, a lot of times they pay cash for everything. They just haven't, you know, used or tried to build credit. The banks, a lot of times, don't like lending to self-employed people. They don't. I mean, you could have enough cash in the bank to buy the stinking house, but the banks are not going to lend money to you because you're, you don't have enough uh, history. You don't, your tax returns, you're taking too many deductions and write-offs, so you're not where you need to be. It's an unfair system, it, it really, but that's the way the yeah. banks have it. That's the golden rule. Who, who has the gold makes the rules. And the banks have said, no, we're not going to do it. So there's a lot of really good, hardworking people that are self-employed. They have small businesses. They really carry the the entire economy of the United States on their backs, and they can't get loans. for They can't get mortgages for these houses. I, I wanted to take a little bit of time and explain that so people understand who are these tenant buyers that we're putting into these homes. They're good, hardworking people, right? So good. So this was a guy who's self-employed. He's got a small business, painting business. And um, but he had some money to put down on the property. Yeah, yeah, he has a uh, good money to put on the property. I show him the property, and he knew. I told him, "Hey, I'm giving you the first chance before I put in the market, before I offer to my people." And you know, right right now, uh, I have been helping a lot of the community, so the community know me already trust. On me, okay. so when I put a deal right there, usually we get it sold pretty quickly. As a uh, lease option, or to- yeah, le- lease option or wholesale or okay. So he knew that, and, and he like he lost a property with me a couple the couple weeks ago. He was like very hungry to get the house. Uh, he, he he went took an hour when he called me back. Hey friends, don't put it in the market. I want it. Right okay. there. And yeah. in the meantime, you know, I was explaining the, the the seller, you know, this lady, how we can help her, how we can save her credit. Uh, she was aware that we have to invest about 20000 to restall the, the mortgage and that we were on the clock because we have like, uh, at that time, we have two days. And, and especially when you're doing pre-foreclosure or, or any wholesale deals, you need to get with a coach. You need to be with somebody that, teach you how to do it properly because yeah. still is many little moving parts important yeah. to be protect, protect you, protect the, the seller and protect the buyers. Yeah. So, so took us about two days to have all those pieces to, together. And the day, a few hours before the auction, we were transferring the money to the bank. Nice. Okay. So how much money did the tenant buyer put down on the home? Uh, he put about 40,000. Oh, did you see this? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. If I had a bell, I'd ring it. That's what we're talking <laughs> about here, right? So Franz did not use any of his own money. Okay. Right. He did not use any of his own money. This is why I love lease options so much. Um, you found a buyer who had 40 grand to put down. Okay. Um, the you, you helped. I want to show you how everybody wins. And the, the tenant buyer wins because he gets a great house at a great deal. The seller wins because she gets her credit saved. There's no foreclosure or short sale foreclosure on the property. And Franz wins as well, being the investor in the middle. So, okay, how did you um, how did you structure the deal then after that? You you had to use twenty grand of that forty thousand to reinstate the loan and get it current again with the bank. All right. right. So, what did you do with the rest of that money? Hey, with the rest, we pay something to the two wholesalers that they were involved in the deal. Okay. And the rest was a, our first profit check that we the had. Profit. About how much was that, if you don't mind me asking? The balance? Your yeah. per, your profit on the deal. The, the total profit was about $34,000. $34,000? Yeah. Okay. So it gets better, sounds like. Yeah. Right? It gets better. Now, um, so then the, with the seller... Did what was your agreement with the seller? Did you buy it subject to, or did you do a lease option with the seller? How did you do that? Uh, we did a lease auction. We did the okay. lease auction with her. The agreement was that we are gonna restore the the, the mortgage. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna save her credit, and she was leaving in those days. Well, actually, when I was there, she was already leaving. The house was empty and and everything, so we can give the house to the new buyer right away. This is really good. I'm glad you brought this up. I want everybody to understand this too. And I, I highly 
recommend against doing a lease option on a house and then leasing it back to the owner. All right. Uh, you're, that's a recipe for disaster. You don't ever, ever want to do that where, you know, sellers facing foreclosure. And a lot of people were doing this way back in the, you know, 2004, five and six. Um, we're leasing a property from an owner, doing it under lease option, and then leasing it back to the owner so they wouldn't have to move. But I don't know if you've ever done that before, friends, but I've no. tried to do that. It's it's a disaster because yeah. if if they got into trouble to begin with, what's going to stop them from getting in trouble again at that same house? And Would then you? when you try to evict them, they're going to be like, you can't kick me out of my house. Correct. I've seen this over and over again. And then they call the local news and the media gets involved and it just becomes a disaster cluster, Correct. as they call it. Right. So word to the wise, if you're working with a seller who's behind on their payments, they've got to go. They need to move out of the house. You need to get somebody else in there. And that's better for everybody. Yeah. Um, okay. So this particular house then, you, you had a, it was like a sandwich lease option. It's a sandwich, a sandwich lease auction, correct. Yeah, I, actually, I, I like to do sandwich lease auctions yeah. because for the experience that I have, you know, if for any reason the tenant cannot perform yeah. the, the auction to purchase, it still is a new, a new deal for me, you know? Yeah. It still is a new deal because now I, I can keep the, the terms, get a new mm-hmm. tenant buyer, get another fee, uh, down payment fee, and you are right back again and even with more profit. Yeah. And some people are going to say, um, well, what if the tenant buyer, what if the second or third tenant buyer you put into the house doesn't buy it? What then? If the second or third? Yeah. I just keep doing it. Okay. But so like, w- let's say you have five oh. years with the seller. And at yeah. the end of the five years, you your, your buyer doesn't buy it. What do you do then? Okay. A cu- couple things. One thing you can renegotiate with the seller, right? Because you can say, hey, Mr. Seller, uh, our tenant buyer is not ready to, to purchase the properties any way that you can extend us for two or three more years. Usually they are very happy because they are receiving a rent on time, you know? Yeah. So they're receiving the rent on time, they, they're receiving the money, so they don't have to worry. They say, okay, that's fine. If not, uh, something good that I that we have is that we're in the position that in case the tenant buyer cannot buy it, I don't mind buying the property because at that point I know it's a lot of equity in, in the property. So I can use one of my Harmony lenders, I can use one of my lenders and purchase the property and we can even sell it in a full market price or do keep doing the rent to own, do do a flip, or keep it as a holding property. Yeah. Yeah. So many options right there. If or you, you can just walk away. Oh, you right. just walk away. Yeah, you, exactly. If no, it, 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 exactly. If it's in the worst scenario, I say, okay, Mr. Seller, we cannot perform. You, you are keeping your down payment. You you get rent for three, five years, so you are very happy. You have the house back, so it's a great deal for the seller. It's yeah, still a I, great, great deal for the seller. I love it too because it's a win-win-win. And, and I like doing sandwich lease options better than subject twos personally because I don't have to try to convince the seller to deed me the house and keep the mortgage in their name. Yeah. Right? Subject two means you're buying a house subject to the existing loan. So the, the seller keeps the mortgage in their name but transfers the title to you. And, you know, it's it's just a little bit harder to negotiate those deals. And a lot of times the, the mortgage police uh, raise their red flags yeah. like, hey, what's going on here? So it causes some alarm and it, it's it's just much easier, I think, to do a sandwich lease option. Would you agree with that? I agree with that. It's very, very easy because actually even you don't have to pay any closing costs. Yeah. Because, you know, in the lease auction, okay, you, you for sure you need to do uh, – a title search is mm-hmm. extremely important that, that you do a title search. So you do the title search, you know, the house is clean. Now you can just get a piece of paper, sign it, uh, use an already and done. You don't have to pay any closing costs of anything right there, but you control a hundred percent the property. So you don't have to worry about uh, going to closing or anything else. That's really good. Excellent. <laughs> What's happened after this now that the tenant buyers moved in? It was at the end of the deal or what else happened? No, actually they like the house needs to be updated and the guy works in the construction painting. So he, he still has even more money to, to invest in the house. He renovated the house and the house right now is just gorgeous. It's just nice. beautiful. 
Uh, they already uh, moved into the property with their family. I went a couple times over there, do some videos, pictures with them. They are very happy. And, and yeah, I, I keep right. talking with everybody. I talk with the, with the seller. She's fine, you know, she, she don't have any that stress from her shoulders no. because she know the, the mortgage are, are actually I, I'm in charge of do the payments because okay. I like I'm in the middle. I just put it right there. And I, so I make sure I pay on time my the mortgage. So you collect the rent, you pay the mortgage and you keep the difference. Is there some All cash right. flow in the deal? Yeah, like yeah, like we receive a big check at the beginning, and at this point, I think we receive the the balance of the equity that we have of the agreement with what we bought, restore, and what we sell. Okay, so when do you think the tenant buyer who's in there now will buy the house? It's about three years. Okay, so they need about three years. Yeah, cool. So what you said a number thirty four I think thousand before yeah 34. what is that how did, how did you come up with that number explain that number a little bit yeah okay so that that's the thirty four is like say we we sold it in about one eighty five uh, the the current mortgage balance was about one thirty two okay. and we had to put about twenty thousand on installment. So, so the, the house is worth about 185 and they owe 132. Is that right? Yeah, they they owe 132. I, I sold it for 185. Okay, okay. Because the house is worth now more, a lot more. Yeah. How much money do you stand to make if and when the tenant buyer buys the house in a couple three years? No, it's, at this point I already get paid pretty much. Okay. All, all, all my profit. He's already because after the forty, he he gave me big payments. Okay, okay. Uh, so I, I I usually try to get the the profit at front, you know. I but see. if I if I need to give them some months to to work out the profit, is fine, you know. Nice. Wait a couple months to get. The- Isn't that awesome? You know, when you understand creative deals like that, you can negotiate all of these terms. I have a student right now that did a deal where there wasn't much equity in it. So she negotiated to keep 100% of the rent for the first two years and then split the rent 50-50 with the seller the next three years, okay? On this deal, she's going to make $54,000 profit, net profit on this deal. It needed a lot of work. She actually got the tenant buyer who's going to fix the house up themselves. And she's getting $900 a month in cash flow for the first two years on this deal. And after that, <laughs> 450 a month. She's not using any of her own money. Yeah, that's so cool. What are you finding that's working best today for marketing? What are you finding working really well right now for finding motivated seller leads? Okay, for motivating seller leads. Um, Besides networking, well, you talked about networking, which is, I call it the flap your lips method, right? <laughs> to to do a lot of networking are you doing any direct to seller marketing right now yeah i, I yeah i do like i say cold calling especially cold calling that's that's what we're doing focus right now yeah yeah cold calling good that's, and then are you doing any direct mail no no direct okay. mail cool cool i have some of my other Fellow real estate investors, they are doing a lot of direct mail, but, you know, I, I prefer to focus in one thing and master that one and yeah. get it stronger right there. You know, at, at one point I was trying to do all these strategies and yeah. didn't work very well. So I prefer focus right now to create a strong system and be consistent right there. Are you going really deep in a few zip codes or are you, enti- are you targeting the entire uh, metropolitan area? So, uh, yeah, I have a very specific criteria here locally. Uh, yeah, I try, um, I try to invest just in my, we call it here the low country area, like the main cities. It's, okay. it's not really like huge, huge area, but I focus right there. And that that gave me, is, that is another tip for people that is listening or watching this the video or listening to the podcast, is that you create the laser focus, you know? And when you know your area very well, it's very easy to know how you can perform and take decisions very easy, you know? Before, you should, it's still now, you know, I have a lot of experience, but when I get a property that is outside my area, 
now all the what if came because you don't know if you can sell it or not. But here I know where can I sell it, how much I can sell it, is this a hot area, if I, if I have buyer for that area. So I can move very fast and very easy to that, to take decisions because That's I'm laser focused in, in my area. That's super important when you're looking at knowing who your buyers are, right? Yeah. And uh, knowing what they want. It's much easier to shop for what buyers want than to try to sell what you have. You know, I, I've used this analogy a lot. Like if, if you make a bowl of spaghetti and you go walking out in the street trying to sell your spaghetti, people are going to be like, you're weird. I don't want spaghetti. But if you go out and instead you say, hey, what do you want? I'll get it for you, right? And you take their order, then you go get what they want. That's the fastest way to money in this business because you're, you, you're following the demand. And your, your, your buyers are your customers. I, I preach on that a lot. That's really good. Good. Um, real quick, friends, uh, what, what are some of your favorite books that you're reading right now? Okay. Two of my favorite books. Actually, I have them right here. Okay. The, uh, this is one that I read recently. Buy, rehab, the, rent, refinance, repeat. The Burr Method from Bigger The Burr Buyers. Method. Great book, yeah. Great, yeah, great book. Highly recommended. Is who wrote it, by the way? That is David Green. David Green, okay. Yeah, and this is another one that I know you you know it very well. Expert Secrets by Expert Russell. Brunson. Secrets, yeah. Great book. This is another excellent book. I already already like three or four times. It's still working in my mind, but yeah. I love it, you know, the, the way to to be able to bring the message to more people. Yeah, that's important. Excellent. And I saw you took on a clap right there, so congratulations yeah. with that one. It's, is it over there? <laughs> yeah, I see it over there. Uh, okay. So um, uh, what are some of your favorite podcasts that you're listening to right now or YouTube yeah. channel videos? Yeah, I like a lot the Wholesaling Inc. Po- podcast. Yeah. I like your podcast as well. Thank you. Um, and the Grant Cardone. Yes. Grant Cardone. His, his, his real estate podcast? Yeah. Excellent. Good. Uh, any final words of advice, Franz, for people that are um, just getting started in the business? They're, they're interested in lease options, kind of helping. You know, I love this idea of creating win-win situations where you can help the sellers and help the buyers like you're talking about. So what kind of advice would you give to folks just getting started? Yeah, uh, that, absolutely. That's that's great. And I, was, I would say, everybody, this is my passion, do real estate. And I want to say that please have faith on yourself and believe that the financial freedom is possible. You know, most of the people that listen to this one, 95% of the population in the world, they are trapped in the rat race, you know? So, yeah, financial freedom is possible. You can do it. And lease suction is one of the best strategies that you can have to achieve it. Because mm-hmm. even if you don't have money, you can create passive income or you can get a huge check. It's many fantastic stuff that you can have with this technique. So it's possible, and this is one of the best techniques that you can have in your pockets. The truth. Tell them the <laughs> truth. All right, friends, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, we already gave away the the real estate club that you're in. Is there any other ways that people can get a reach? Yeah, there? they can uh, find me on fa- uh, Facebook as Franz Calderon. I am in Instagram as Franz Calderon by Houses. Uh, I have my um, uh, it's Rock Ray well, in, on YouTube. Person. Yeah, it's right oh, here. Rock R-E-I. That's your YouTube channel? Yeah. Nice. Cool. Rock R-E-I YouTube channel. And just so you all listening on audio podcast here, it's Franz F-R-A-N-S Calderon C-A-L-D-E-R-O-N And all the links are going to be in the show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com so go go check that out. Um, and also the link to your local real estate club there in Charleston. What was the name of the, how can they find that real estate club again? Yeah, the, the Charleston area, R-E-I, R-E-I, dot com on Facebook as well, the Charleston area. We are right there and yeah. Nice. Thank you, friends. 
for being on the show. So cool. I know it's late. It's six o'clock or something in the evening there where you are. Uh, thanks for being on the show, man. And maybe see you in Charleston pretty soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 